Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. All right, it's great to be here on Tent Talk Together. This is Nancy McCrady. These are readings from The Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke. Get a cup of coffee. Take a seat, my friends, at the Father's table and listen carefully. Whether you're driving in your car, you're relaxing at home, you're on vacation, wherever you may be, do not rush through these readings. Let them soak in. Let them take you to the Scripture. And my friends, take on the viewpoint of the Father. The days ahead of great glory and great trouble are going to require those who are seeing everything from his point of view. I love you all. I pray these episodes will be very encouraging to you. In the reading of Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke, I am attempting to provoke you to see everything from the Father's viewpoint. This is going to have everything to do with having a biblical world view which is going to be the way you navigate through the days ahead. Really, to navigate through the days that you're in right now. And this is not reading and thinking and pondering that can be done just in one moment or just in the course of one podcast. The reading of this, my friends, would forever change the way you see everything. Because once you see Him, by His revealing Himself to you, then it changes the entire landscape. But let me continue with reading. This is the chapter titled, One Ultimate Thing. In my old copy that I've been reading for over 25 years, This is chapter 3, and some of the newer versions of Ultimate Intention, this could be on a different page, could be a different chapter, but in my book, it's chapter 3, One Ultimate Theme. Looking out from his eternal viewpoint, our nearsightedness is gone. We begin to appreciate how all that God does is perfectly integrated into his whole intention. Instead of having only a collection of facts concerning the totality of things, we see all in its proper frame of reference. We can see new meaning and eternal purpose in all things as they are related to this one ultimate theme. How great a day when we have moved beyond the separate strands to see the firmly woven cord of the Father's eternal purpose and ultimate intention. Too long have we each, like the blind men of Hindustan, interpreted life from a partial conception. In the previous chapter, we have realized how God's vital fatherhood is the ultimate starting point by which we can measure everything in its true dimension. Without knowing life's ultimate meaning, men have too long been forced to label things a mystery. They have spoken of the mystery of his will, the mystery of creation, the mystery of suffering, the mystery of his ultimate intention. But it is high time to recognize that he has given a light that shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot forever eclipse the Father's intention in mystery, 
because now the light of the Eternal Father is breaking through to unveil His heart, desire, purpose, and intention in order that His children might move into the fuller dimensions of life. Perhaps the most common error of which we have all been guilty is confusing the means and methods with the end. By making man the central benefactor of God's purpose, it has seemed that his conformity to the image of Christ was the end, yet it is only a means to a greater end. Others have made salvation or entrance into heaven to be the end. Others have assumed that completing his glorious and spotless church was the end, or that bringing all things to the universal reign of the kingdom was the end. But alas, there are only important means by which God will achieve his greater end. As long as we come short of understanding God's ultimate intention, we shall be centered in the means and methods and never fully comprehend the true dimensions and meaning of life and the purpose hidden in the Father heart. On the blackboard, we have pictured strands which comprise the cord of eternity. This cord is woven with many of the means and methods by which the Father will realize His eternal purpose. We can only comprehend the part each fills as we unfold the various strands and see their related importance in the light of God's overall plan. In the previous lesson, we have observed the paternal theme which runs throughout the eternal purpose. Many marvel that they have missed it for so long. For Paul has answered in one sentence, Ephesians 1, 3, and 4, most of the questions we might ask about the Father and this vast family he has marked out for himself, which is now being realized through his only begotten Son. Who? He, God the Father. Verse 3. What? Chose us, picked us out as sons for his family. Verse 4. How? In him. Christ, the eternal Son, involved in all aspects. Verse 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 10. When? Before the foundation of the world. Verse 4. Why? For himself, as his own, for his pleasure, glory, and satisfaction. Where? That we should be before him in his immediate presence. Verse 4. Each strand is only a part. Thus we have Paul's bird's-eye view of what was in the mind and heart of the Father before he started any of the vast activity by which this eternal family would be realized. To attempt to understand the reason for creation when we start with God as a creator leaves us with an enigma. It is only when we start with Him as the Father that we can understand why He created man and all things necessary for His family. There are certain naturalists and some secret orders who have built an entire religious system around the glory and majesty of God's creative handiwork. Nature, they insist, is God revealed. But the works of His hands are only intended to lead us to Him, that we may worship Him and not His works. There are others who misappropriate the providential strand. They would make it appear that God is just a great Santa Claus who waits on man and provides all his needs. They know he is a good God, but never really understand the basis of his providential activity. Until they see how the Father has provided not only through the natural order for his created family, 
but how much more intimately he works with his begotten children, they will always misinterpret this providential strand and fail to see how it is integrated into the whole paternal intention. Others are prone to overemphasize the governmental strand, as though the establishment of the kingdom and righteous government were the primary program of God. To be sure, it is an important means, a part, yet it is not the whole. Only as we see God chiefly as the Father can we understand the proper place which government plays in His family. Then we neither neglect nor overemphasize government, but realize it is only a means of attaining His ultimate intention in His family. Today we are well aware that those who make the state or government to be the end interpret man as a mere pawn existing for the state. But perhaps the vast majority in Christendom have almost unwittingly made the redemptive strand to be the whole cord, at least the one around which all other elements of God's purpose are woven. How distorted things then become. We can only see redemption in its highest glory when it is a father who redeems man so as to fulfill his original purpose. Furthermore, we know that our Heavenly Father could not have planned for the fall just so he could redeem man. We need only look back into his father heart to see that from eternity there always existed the full capacity for redemption. It was a strand already there to be uncovered as the need might arise when man turned to his own way. From God's standpoint, it was already in the eternal plan, but from ours, it awaited man's moral choice. Thus we see how the redemptive strand plays an important part. Yet it is only a means and certainly not the end God had in view. Why, then, do we preach, if not in doctrine, at least by inference, as though redemption is the only theme in God's economy? Even sanctification as a strand has an eternal aspect as well as a sequence in time. It was from the beginning that the Father chose to set apart for Himself those whom He had marked out to be adult sons. Even so, he determined that his created son, Adam, might in the fullness of time come to a begotten relationship and enjoy the privilege of sharing the divine or uncreated life of the Father through the Son. It was the Father's intention that Adam might not only share his image and likeness, but also share his very life, spirit, nature, and mind. In sharing these, Adam might by his own response set himself apart unto the divine intention for which he was set apart by God in the beginning. In this manner he could have become the glorious means for revealing the eternal Father, even as the Lord Jesus in due time came to make that glorious revelation. Only Means and Methods Now all these strands which become the subject matter for our lessons— creation, providence, government, sanctification, begetting, and finally, revelation, all are important means and methods by which the Father will realize His ultimate intention. How perfectly they blend together in the eternal outlook, though in time we have separated them so that we might understand them individually. With this larger view of the ultimate paternal theme, we see how life can be measured in four dimensions. First, There is the length of life. It is not important how long we live, but that we live in the eternal with the comprehension of His viewpoint. Second, there is the breadth, or how fully or interestingly we live. 
In discovering the Father's ultimate dedication, we become gripped, even as was the Lord Jesus, by a supreme dedication to help Him realize all His Father heart yearns for. What could be more interesting? Third, we understand the depth of life to be the devotedness with which we live. We can measure this too, for it is not merely a devotion to a project or cause, nor to what we can get out of life, but to a person. Depth is determined by how we live unto Him. Then there is that mysterious fourth dimension, which we might call the purpose of life, or why we live. Apart from an unveiling of His Father heart, there could be no ultimate living. There would be no way to measure what is truly ultimate. Why did He create? Why does He provide? Why does He rule? Why did He incorporate redemption? Why did He set us apart in the eternal past? Why did He plan for our spiritual beginning? Why was God's revelation of Himself so imperative? Surely it is only as we begin living in the eternal, sharing His supreme dedication, sharing His utter devotion, and His ultimate intention, that we know the ultimate dimensions of life. But all that that means can only unfold as we see things steadily from His viewpoint and see them related to the whole. My friends, I hope that when the timing is right, that you would get your hands on The Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke and let it take you into the Word of God that you might know Him and that you might know what He desires and why it is that He chose you out before the foundations of the world in love, in Christ, that you might be a full maturing son to Him. Remember, you are spirit And in spirit, we are sons. We share in the life and the nature of the very Son of God Himself, Jesus Christ, that we might live as sons unto the Father. So, I pray that you will ponder on this, meditate on this, listen to it again and again, write it out, draw those strands, if you will, of a cord, and realize that all of those things have their place, and certainly are important. But don't ever let one particular tree in the forest overtake the entire forest. Jesus said to the Pharisees, I, the biggest thing ever, is standing right in front of you, and you can't see me for the trees. You can't see the forest for the trees. You see, Jesus was what the entire point of the word was leading us to that he might then bring us home to the Father. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. We are not just trying to get to a place. We are being restored to the person of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, that we might live as we were always meant to live. Pursue him, my friends. I love you all. I pray this has encouraged you today. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.